games, three wins and nine points since the resumption of the season. After the first international break, as Neil Lennon's team have recovered from the disappointment of their Champions League exit to Ferenc Varos to build some real momentum in the title race, and they also now have their sights set on reaching the group stages of the Europa League. So, this week on the Record Podcast, we'll have a look at how things are shaping up for the champions, how the new signings are settling into the team, the transfer window, and we'll also look at what lies in store in the immediate future on and off the pitch. Now, Neil Lennon has switched back in recent games to his favoured 3-5-2 formation. So, given this is the Celtic podcast, we've also decided to go with two up. Only we've given the squad a bit of a tweak. Henrik Larsson did turn 49 on Sunday, so with age a slight concern to the management team, we've decided to go with the younger legs of Michael Gannon to play alongside Chris Sutton in attack. So it's not so much a little and large front two, more of a sort of large and wide, but there's a <laughs> potential in this pairing, so... Boys, are you up for it? That's a bit harsh, Chris. Yeah, well, I I was told Henrik was coming on, but I'm slightly underwhelmed, it's you, Mick, if I'm honest. (laughs) I I don't actually blame you, Chris. (laughs) No, you're an able replacement, Mick. Not as mobile. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So, all good? Um, All good, everybody? Um, Enjoying the football? Are you still getting to grips with the behind-closed-door stuff? Or is that getting a bit more acclimatised to it now, boys? Go on, Mick. What, well, what do you think, Mick? It's 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 football, but not as we know it. I mean, it's the, without the fans, it's not the same. I don't think anyone can pretend that it's it's, um, it's any great shakes without any supporters there. But at least it's football. At least we're getting games on. And the season's now starting to take a wee bit of shape now, isn't it? Um, we've got the first seven games out of the way, and you can start to see things starting to take shape. And it's like a real title race starting to shape up already. So it's um, no, it's been good seeing football. We want the fans back in, obviously, but it's, it's just great to get games on after that kind of long hiatus. Um, but I say hopefully we can get some punters back in soon but it's not looking too good is it? I mean I'd agree with all that what Mick says we need the the fans back in the stadiums and uh, and I suppose the worry is now north and south of the border there seems to be like there's going to be heavier restrictions uh, on uh, you know in all walks of life and certainly it looks like football is going to be affected again and and, and the hope of getting fans back into the stadiums uh, you know that seems to be a long way off now again. So, you know, that may have a knock-on effect in terms of clubs folding. Uh, so that's one to, to really keep a close eye on. Chris, we don't know exactly what's going to happen. No one knows. Um, we're at the mercy of the government and the virus. Well, fans, we think, is probably unlikely for a while yet. Do you have any concerns over the game or in terms of the games being played or do you feel that with the, the, the rigorous testing regimes, that the, the games will still be able to go ahead. Well, I think that yeah. Um, I mean, we you know, uh, in 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 the column at the at the weekend talked about this uh, this this uh, UEFA ruling of thirteen. I think I think the clubs need to to make a pact that if there are thirteen fit players, then then they need to play the games. I think that it's really 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 important for the Scottish game that it, that it doesn't shut down again. Um, so I think that we'd all be in agreement that uh, clubs are going to be affected by COVID as they have been already. But to keep the season going, I, th- I think once the games are stopped once, that could have a big knock-on effect further down the line. And the, you know there aren't, there's not going to be uh, you know any other time to get the the fixtures fulfilled if uh, if, if we're not really careful with that. 
Well, Michael, mercifully, um, apart from Bolly's jolly, um, the games have gone ahead okay uh, for Celtic. And the, since the international break, or the first international break, it's been three games, nine points, ten goals. The gap at the top of the table between Celtic and Rangers, Celtic have managed to cut it from six points to one point. Yet, not everybody seems to be completely overwhelmed and excited about this. There seems to be still be a little bit of grumbling. Can you understand that from any of the fans? It seems a bit odd to me, but how, how do you assess how the last three games have gone? Listen, it's, it's the huge expectation levels at, at Celtic. I mean, the Celtic fans have been a wee bit kind of spoiled in the last kind of eight, nine years, to be honest. Um, uh, so they, they do expect a high standard. But listen, it's just puts in perspective. I mean, Celtic have got the set after seven games, about the same amount of points as they had in the Invincible season. And the joint highest total in the whole nine in a row run. So they're actually, in terms of points and goals and all that stuff, they're just exactly where they are usually, uh, if not better than usual. Uh, and I, I think the, 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 the more ominous thing for everybody else in the league is that Celtic haven't really played their best stuff yet. They've not hit top gear. I think, I mean, Scott Brown admitted it in today's paper. He said that they haven't hit top gear yet, so there's more to come. So they've got 19 points out of, out of whatever it is, 21, having not played particularly well yet. So I think there's there's, there's more gears to, to, to shift up. Um, I still think Neil is, doesn't quite know his best formation and kind of um, lineup. I think I think I'm not I'm still not convinced completely how to get all the best players in the park at the same time. I don't think Neil Lennon is either. Um, defensively, I still think there's a weakness as well. They're maybe getting to grips with a new system. They're losing too many goals. Um, you can't you can't win D two every week or, or scrape and they're giving away goals in the first five minutes every week, um, which they are doing at the moment. But they're, they're getting results and that's what they do. Celtic know how to win games even when they aren't playing that great because they've got players that can punish teams and they've got guys that know how to see it out. So they're they're doing okay just now. But I think there's more to come. The, the, the notion that, that Mick suggested there was maybe that the manager was not quite sure exactly about the best team and exactly how to get everybody on the pitch. Would you agree with that? Or do you feel at this stage of the season it's been a case of trying to get games into people? There's been a lot of mixing and matching. It's going to be a long season. Everyone had spoken long and loud before the, the, a ball was kicked this season about how it's a different campaign and games are going to be crammed in and you're going to need a big squad. You're going to need to use them. I mean, I think Neil must have used maybe 20 players in the three mm. games, maybe more than that. Do you think it's just a case of getting people up to speed and... And, and he's managed it quite well to, to get game time into players and also keep the results coming. Yeah, I think there's a few things to touch on. I I still think that there's a lot of anger over uh, getting knocked out of the, the Champions League, which I think that we all understand. And there's been a, a bit of a hangover uh, over that. I think there's, you know, maybe... Still a bit of surprise about you know Neil's reaction after the game and and calling some of his his players out, which was unlike him. Um, I understand what some supporters are talking about when they when they're talking about performance levels, but I you know I agree with Mick on this. It, it, it's actually a good sign that Celtic are winning when they're not at their best. I think it's a really good sign, and there is an argument to say that Neil has chopped and changed too much and he will you know he will certainly be aware of the need for the performance level to go up uh, and also co- the importance of continuity if you play with the same players uh, week in and week out then i think that naturally the performance level improves uh, but at this moment in time he's you know juggling maybe he's still striving to find 
his best starting uh, 11. There's competition for places. But the bottom line is, is Celtic are going through, I'm not saying a tough time at the moment, but they're, you know, performance levels haven't been there and they are winning games. I would, if I was in that Celtic dressing room at this moment in time, I would think that that is a really good thing. And the other thing uh, off the back of that is the players will be aware that they're not performing at the level which they are capable of, really capable of. So there will be a determination in that dressing room to hit those heights. And if Celtic do hit those heights, then you have to say that uh, the Rangers will be in a, a bit of trouble. But Celtic have to get there. You know, everybody looks across the city and because Rangers broke the, uh, you know, the, the record for the for the best uh, well, most number of clean sheets or most minutes or, or whatever. And you have to say that's really, you know, it, it, it's a decent record to break, but it's not a trophy. And the bottom line is, you know, with that situation is Rangers have now dropped more points, um, you know, against Hibs and Celtic are in a position where if they win the game in hand, that, that they are top of the league. But everything seems pretty harmonious across the city at Rangers. I just go back to something I said, I think, last year, maybe the year before. Celtic fans shouldn't get bored of winning. They shouldn't take winning for granted. And I do think that there's an element of that at this moment in time. Things aren't perfect. But Neil Lennon, at this moment in time, is damned if he uh, does, damned if he doesn't, really. Um, but, it, you know, he'll be certainly aware of the situation and and he'll be desperate for the performances to be slicker on the pitch. Michael, the, the international break did get sort of break up the momentum of the games, but Chris touched on that Neil's out after the, the, the Ferris Faros game um, when, he, when he called out the players. Uh, you guys were both on the podcast after that. You both spoke about the potential reaction. You know, if he's aiming for a reaction, let's see how it comes. Four games, um, four wins, 13 goals. Um, would you say he's got the reaction that he was looking for? Um, Michael, and can I also ask, you know, who are the guys who are, are standing out for you at the moment and, and where are there areas of certain individuals that are standing out for you at the moment and certain ones who are underperforming? Yeah, I, mean, I think they have got the reaction. I think they kind of steady the ship because after a European game, like you say, it's a big outcry, massive reaction. Fans are so disappointed. It's a kind of it's a week of catastrophe for a, for a week or so. But they have kind of steadied the ship and they've, they've got the results in the bag to put the kind of pressure back on. At the top of the table, but I do think there's areas that are still a concern. I think I think they haven't really played anyone yet. I mean, I think I, I know Chris is talking about the, the kind of Rangers run, but I think they've had a slightly tougher start to the season. They've played Hibs, played Aberdeen, played in United. Certainly haven't played these teams yet or each other. Um, so I think they're kind of a fairly gentle run. I think Rangers have had more home games. Uh, have Rangers had more home games, Mick? Uh, well, they went to the Easter Road. So that's the just two the two prime what we want. I know there's no fans, so it's not quite the same. But they've had the two the two of the more difficult trips away from home. Certainly have been to Kelly. Um, is that is that not know. a difficult trip, Kelly? Rangers have been yeah. to Livingston who aren't doing well. So, so certainly been there on drop points as well, and certainly drop points that come. Uh, sorry, that come out. Sorry. Um, mm. I, I just think Rangers have had a slightly more difficult, slightly more. I'm not saying it's a massively difficult, more difficult, but slightly more tricky tests so far. And I think certainly been a fairly gentle run, run of games recently. Um, it's going to get tougher and I think there is defensively I think they can't keep getting away with, with losing daft goals um, so that's something they need to be, care- to be wary of also how do they fit in guys like um, Mohamed El into the team I don't think this new formation quite suits his his game so that's another kind of conundrum but you look at guys like Callum McGregor his, his levels people are even, are even kind of commenting about his um, 
levels at early in the season, but he's, he's really picked up his back to kind of where he usually is. Um, I think Shane Duffy's come in, looked apart right away, scored a couple of goals, a couple of wee daft moments as well, but I think he's less lack of games. I think the more he plays, the better he'll get. Um, slight concerns about, about uh, Odson Edward. Um, saying he was a bit tired at the weekend, that, that's an alarm bell for me. I mean, he's not played that much football. Um, I mean, I know he played for France a couple of times after coming back from an injury, but missed a couple of games through an injury. So maybe he's still carrying a little niggle somewhere, I don't know. But that's a bit of a concern, that kind of... Um, would would, would, would Neil have not... Would, and I'm you know, just playing devil's advocate here, would Neil not have rested him with the games coming up? The, the importance of the Europa tie this week. Playing against, yeah, they're playing against Riga. Chris, it's not as if it's, it's not it's not Lazio or it's not. Well, they were, hang on a minute, they were playing against Ferenc Varos the other week when everybody Fair's thought they'd be a stroll. I better say in Riga, that's for sure. But it's, uh, it's still a dangerous, uh, dangerous tie, isn't it? Away from uh, home. It is, but every game's dangerous in a, a, a takeaway. I don't know. Well, well, well there you go. Teammates. That's well, that's why he's kept him fresh, isn't it? it well, would would that you... not be? Neil's argument, it surprised me, I have to say, at the well, weekend Chris, when... One of your teammates said he was too tired to play a league game after after about six games of the season. What would you say? Uh, he's just had a thigh injury, hasn't he? So maybe yeah, I'd be... Exactly, exactly. But we are... Uh, and, you know, that that's your job, uh, you know, to, to, to make a call. And that's my, jo- my job to make a call. All I'm saying is, is if he's had a thigh injury, we don't know the conversations which have been well, held. But we can all take manager at face value. You said he asked him, he said he felt a bit tired. Well, there you go. So if he felt a bit tired, then he's resting his star man for the games well, coming he did, up, isn't he? Did not, he never played for five months. Chris, we'll back six, seven weeks. He's not, he's really? a bit tired. I don't know. Let's cut to the chase here then, guys. Do we th- is there a feeling that with two weeks of this transfer window to go, there is still a big danger that Hodgson Edward might go? And there's more um, to this than meets the eye? Well, I think I'm that's the thing. I'm putting you on the spot. I, I, go. I still stand by what I've said all along. Celtic cannot let Hodgson Edward go. I don't, I, you know, I, the situation is is plain and simple. With what's at stake this season, they cannot let him go, even even if he wants to go. And I don't know whether he does or he doesn't. And, you know, in some respects, I agree with Mick. It was a surprise that, that at the weekend he wasn't playing, but there may have been a reason behind that. But I'll take you back to this point. If Celtic let Odson Edward go and then do not win the 10, that will be unforgivable on Celtic's part. And it's OK to say, well, he wants away this, that and the other. But he is under contract and he seems to be uh, a, a, a decent character. He seems to have always had a, had a good attitude. So, we, you know, if he wants to go, Celtic shouldn't let him go and they should make him get on with it, win the 10 and then they can let him go after that. This is this is history on the line here. You can't, you, you know, what, what, is, what, is, what would be the point of that? Celtic actually, at this moment in time, they actually need to strengthen in certain areas. They cannot let the best players go because I don't... Uh, Ayeti has looked sharp at this point. Well, that. He's looking sharper. Right, but not, Ayeti is not, not Odson Edward. Ta- do you not think Celtic can win the title without Odson Edward? Uh, uh, do I think they can win the title I without Odson Edward? Celtic I, could win the title without Odson Edward. Uh, are you saying they have a better chance of winning the title if Odson no, Edward beats? No, I'm not, I'm not saying is, that. But it's a totally different argument, that, isn't it? So all, all I'm saying is if they let Odson Edward go, the chances of winning the title would diminish drastically, in my opinion. That's how good he is. He's, he, he's a game changer. And he hasn't really got started this season yet. So just imagine, just imagine when he does get started. 
are we being blinded a bit by the domestic season at hand? You, you're saying history, things like that, Chris. This has been a very difficult time for football, hugely difficult time for all clubs. Mm-hmm. Hugely difficult. Money has been outlaid in the transfer market to bring in four or five new players. There's an opportunity here to make up a shortfall on Odson Edward. They could clear everything in one go. They missed the Champions League money as well. Mm-hmm. Is there not any inkling as to why it might be a good idea? I don't think Celtic will, will have much say, to be honest with you. I think a big money bid in for Edward. I think that that's, that's the way it goes. I don't, the way the modern football is, if, if a 30, 35 million pound bid in for Edward's Edward, to give him 90 grand a week in England or whatever, he's gone. I, I think the ten in a row is, is to, to the players themselves. I think it's listen. If, if Brendan Rodgers can jump ship in, in February of a season, if Kieran Tierney can leave after eight in a row, totally, totally different. Brendan Rodgers jumping ship, totally different, totally different. Kieran Tierney, Odson Edward is Celtic striker. He, he he's their main striker. He is so important to the team, and I don't yeah, care what I'm, you say. The, the, the club actually owes the the club actually owes the fans. On this one, yeah. the, what the, could they do, the, Chris? What could they do if, if Odson Edward well, wants to is go? Is he under contract? Yeah, but what does that matter these days, Chris? Well, of well, course it matters Mr. because Mr. because Dembele players sign up for a contract, and then clubs are in a situation where they made well look look what's happened with Messi, Barcelona. He's at the state of Barcelona. I know there's a it's a slightly dis, uh, different situation with a you know with with a contract wrangle or whether whether there was a clause whether there wasn't a clause but he's staying he's not sulking so but it works both it works both ways players in a contract so that the clubs have got an insurance policy so when the bid comes in for big money they can get money for them that's it works both ways um I, that I would, be, think... would that not be a slap in the face for the supporters who have paid their hard earned money for years and years and years ploughed Tens of thousands, millions of pounds into the football club to to be to get to this stage to support the club through thick and thin through the difficult times uh, in the nineties. The hardcore supporters were still turning up when Rangers were dominating. Celtic had turned it round at the start of the noughties. Uh, a good tussle with Rangers, and and then to get to this situation where they, and I, I don't care what you say about history, it is it is. So so important, and they are they are. It's in touching distance. So I, therefore, I they're, I therefore, for 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 the club to sell their star player at this moment in time. Imagine the Rangers dressing room no, if I, uh, Celtic I, sell Austin Edward. I get I get that, but if, if Austin Edward's offered a hundred thousand pounds a week, he's got all the power because he can't. He doesn't make, have all the power because he's under contract. I, I, has, has he got a clause in his contract? So, so, had, so had Mr. Dembele. So had, so had hang on, hang on. Dembele's was, how do you, Dembele's was a different situation because Dembele, I think, had been... Hang on a minute. Dembele was a different situation because of a chat, I think, between himself and Brendan Rodgers, wasn't there? Or, you know, there, there was an agreement, wasn't there? That was the Dembele situation. How do we know that that's the same situation with Odson Edward? I've not, I've not heard of well, you know, any you agreement. Is there not, not a general agreement, Chris, and something that you've touched upon in the past that you know, Celtic get these young players to develop, polish up, to sell on? Odson Edward's been yeah. at Celtic for over three years now. Yeah. Counting his uh, loan period. Yeah. And, would, would, uh, they, would they not be entitled to think it's time? Listen... None of us are, make it clear, none of us in this podcast are suggesting that Odson Edward is desperate to go or wants to go. 
we're just talking about the fact that if a huge bid was to come in, mm-hmm. but, but you, you, is it? Is it? Sorry, go on. You have to marry everything together and and look at the importance of of, of where Celtic are and and what they are on what this football team is on the brink of doing, and also you have to you have to bring the supporters into the equation with this. And at this moment in time, if there isn't an agreement with Odson Edward, which I'm not aware there there was you know, there's an agreement that he can he can move on. I'm not aware of conversations which have taken place. I'm not aware that there's a clause in this contract. I may be completely wrong about all these things. But Celtic should be doing their utmost to keep him. So if there is an offer which comes in of twenty five million pounds at this moment in time, Celtic should without a doubt Turn it down because what is at stake? Because they owe the supporters that one. It's not. We understand that Celtic is a selling club, but it's it, you know in this instance, it's not all about money. It's about support. It's about showing loyalty to the support from the top of the club. Michael, is this is Chris's opinion on this one? Is and a lot of people's opinion on this one is that this is a kind of one-off season just because yeah. of what's at stake domestically. Is it fair enough to park the model for a season, regardless of what the, the offer are as they come in? Celtic have been, have been quite, appear to have been very steadfast with anybody who has been think... spoken about that they don't, they don't want to sell them. Is no. it fair enough to be just as a no, one-off think, and take I the financial Celtic, hat and go from that? I think, Celtic, I think Celtic, in fairness, will be as strong as they possibly can be. And I think they'll all say, no one, we're not selling any key men this season. Because it's so important. I think... I think it's been building up for so long to this season. I don't think they will um, uh, roll over and let players go without, without a massive fight. I just think that it, players have got so much power these days. And I think, I mean, for example, what happens if in the last week of, of um, the deadline in October, what if, what if Jose Mourinho and Spurs say there's £35 million for Edward, 100 grand a week? What happens then? I, I think most Celtic fans would realise there's not a lot you can do at that point in time. All you can hope is there's a continuity. Oh, come on, Mick. That, that is everything which is wrong about football with what's at stake this season I, for I Celtic. Can't, 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 he put, can't he put it off for a few months? I mean, that, that's all Celtic fans are asking. But you know how players think. They might think, I've got a broken leg. Well, well, so, so you're basically saying then contracts count for nothing. They don't count so for nothing. They don't count for anything. Well, of course they do. So, therefore, therefore, hang on a minute. Therefore, players shouldn't have contracts, then, Mick. No, the contracts are insurance policies for the player and for the clubs. But they mean something because because unless there are clauses in the contract, the player has to adhere to that contract. I'm afraid in this situation it is, isn't it? it, it, yeah, it it's either or. Well, the, the, it's just the facts of life. That's just the way it is, isn't it? That's yeah, just the way, uh, that's the way it works. David Turnbull signed a new contract at Motherwell to ensure Motherwell were financially recompensed when he was eventually going to move on. I understand I that. That, but was, that was widely recognised by everyone. That, but, that happens. I'm not saying it's got anything to do with the Odds and Edward thing. I'm just saying... The, the, but what, the what's the what's black the and difference? White situation is not quite right, is it? It's not right. But uh, and and in any other season, next season, do you know what? I couldn't care less whether Odson Edward stays or goes next season. You know, uh, if I was a Celtic supporter, if I was a Celtic supporter, I would say, you know, it's all about this season. It's about breaking history, and then he could go with everybody's blessing. 
that that's just common sense. That well, makes that's a sense. Perfect scenario for everyone. I don't, I don't disagree with you, Chris. I, don't, I just think that the players have got so much power that it makes, it makes it so difficult for clubs. But they don't have so much power because because when a player signs a contract, there's a length to the contract. So so he goes into that agreement knowing how long the contract is. The club knows. If, now there's there all there's always situations where the club can overrule the player, and then Chris, it comes down to the player whether he wants to sulk. A player Chris, cannot just walk out if he if wants. Wasn't Edward stays the length of his contract? Celtic's model collapses. But no, but nobody's asking him to stay the length of his contract. They're just asking him to stay for the end for the rest of so, the season. So if Celtic, so once when Edward doesn't want to leave this year, right? Say next year they win ten in a row. Edward scores twenty-five goals. He's hot property, but he loves loves staying in Glasgow and doesn't want to go. What happens then? <laughs> But, but that's just you but you're, talking, you're talking about a situation which well, is yeah, highly, contract, highly unlikely to arise. I'll tell you what, what's more important, what, what, what's, what's more important Mick? What message does that send out to the fans? Is it all about the money? If I, if I was a Celtic fan and they sold odds on Edward, I'd rip my season ticket up because there, because yeah. there isn't, there isn't the, the, the intention there. I don't the, think the, Celtic wants it. Celtic don't want to sell them. But I'm just saying that there's forces at play in football these days that make it make it very difficult not to sell them. But and this it, is a different season, Mick. We're, we're, we're going over the same old ground. This is a different season. In in, yeah. in virtually any other season, if it was three seasons ago, I'd get it. But you're just yeah. asking him to say to stay, sorry, for a few months, and then go right. with the with the blessing, win the we've ten, go with the blessing. We've had, we've had enough, Hodson. I'll be in a jetty, Chris, or a yeti, I should say. Hitting the ground running in some style looks like a classy finisher. You're an ex-striker. Tell us what you like about him, what you see in him. Um, yeah, I think that uh, that you know he certainly knows where the goal is. I think that he's a at this moment in time, I see a different player than Odson Edward, who has uh, a far more uh, far more rounded game. He's a he's a, he's a better link man. I think Yeti needs somebody to to really feed him with the opportunities where Edward seems capable of you know turning beating a man and uh, and scoring a, a different type of goal but he looks to be a ruthless finisher which is a really really good sign because you know of course the Lee Griffith situation it doesn't look like that's ever going to be resolved so Celtic needed somebody like a Yeti is taken a hell of a long time to to get up and running in my view but I thought his finish at the weekend was was brilliant and he uh, he seems to be really instinctive, and that's uh, that's a good sign for for Neil and Celtic. I but gave, it's not odds and Edward. <laughs> I gave Chris the word on the striker Michael, being a amateur football goalkeeper of some repute yourself. <laughs> how do you feel, Vasilis? What do you make of Vasilis' podcast so far? I think. Oh, sorry, the goalkeeper. Sorry. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's been a couple of goals I think you could have done better with I must admit I think I think um, uh, the Ferenc Varos I, I, I thought he could have done better for that one I thought he could have done better the second goal the weekend there it was a bit worldly but I thought maybe I don't think I, I, I think harsh. I'm yet to be surely that's harsh surely that's know, harsh I'm, just, I'm, that's being, I'm being hypercritical um, I think he suffers from not being Fizzer Forster I think that's his problem I think he's mm-hmm. um, it's not his fault he's not Fizzer Forster um, I think he's fine. I think he'll do a decent job for Celtic. Um, I, I, I thought he played well. Um, 
a couple of weeks ago was at Tannadice I thought he played well um, I think he's, he's I think he's he's, um, he's he's decent I think he looks okay Um He's early days. I think he said himself he's got to settle in, doesn't he? He's, got, he's still got time to settle in. He's not quite there yet. So it will take him a bit of time. Goalies, it's hard for a goalie. Um, playing behind a new back four or back five or back three, whatever it is. Um, so he's got all the tools. Um, I think he's been maybe critical because he's not Fraser Forster, but it's a bit unfair on him because nobody, nobody really is or, or very few are. Um, I think can I, add, one, can I, I add one thing, one thing to that, Michael, as well? You said that he's suffering, people are being critical because he's not Fraser Forster. The one area of the squad which Neil Lennon has spoken about needing an, a, to make an addition is the left-hand side, obviously, with Ball and Golly gone and Johnny Hayes gone. Um, is there a situation where, in the eyes of some supporters, Greg Taylor has been made to suffer because he's not Kieran Tierney? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt, yeah. Um, I think we don't... And some we, of the criticism we, from people has been harsh, I would yeah, say. Yeah, people don't realise just how good... Kieran Tierney is sometimes until until after he's gone. I mean, I think he was taking for granted how good he was. I mean, he is absolute top drawer. I mean, we've seen it down south with, with Arsenal um, at the end of last season, the start of this season. He's, he's a terrific player. And Greg Taylor isn't Kieran Tierney yet. He can't be. Kieran Tierney is now a, playing the, the best league in the world, as, as some people would tell us. Um, You're being uh, sarcastic <laughs> there, Mick. Oh, Chris, no, not at all. No, I, I like it. Um, <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think Greg does suffer from that a wee bit. Uh, he's a good little player, but he just doesn't. He isn't that level. But no, but very, I mean, certainly can't afford a player at that level. What 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 level is he then, Mick? I think he's decent. I think I think I think I think Celtic could do with another 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 left back, left sided kind of wing back, well left back. Um, I, I think Greg Taylor. That's a, a, dem- good... a demandingly physically Demandingly yeah. physical I think he's a position that going up and down the flank. So Celtic need another body in there, come what may. You can't ask yeah. the same guy to play 50 games. Yeah. So they're going to need one. It's making the decision to to uh, to let Johnny Hayes go look more and more ridiculous as the weeks go by. Johnny Hayes wasn't an £85,000 a week. He wasn't a great burden to the, you know, to the, to the wage structure at Celtic. It just seems bizarre, the whole... Situation. You I think I, you know, I, I still think that the jury is is out on Greg Taylor. I get the arguments. I think I saw it, you know, last season. He doesn't have the ability when he's playing in the wing back role to. He doesn't have a trick. He, he, you know, he's not in a situation where he can really work half a yard on his own and and, uh, and whip a ball in. When he gets the ball, actually. Uh, put out to him and he has time to cross the ball and his delivery is very good. Um, and you'd have to say defensively at times, could he be a little bit better? Could he work harder to stop crosses? Yes, he could. I think he's okay, but I think, you know, I think Celtic can do better, but I do, you know, I don't think he deserves the panning. And I, I think the panning of him is, you know, no doubt unhelpful because he'll be aware of all this. And, uh, you know, I think Celtic fans should actually sort of understand the effect that it can have on players when they're getting a, a real panning. But that's that's the game. That's the level that, you know, you're at the big club. You have to cope with all these things. I think he suffers a wee bit from the, the like I was talking earlier on about the formation thing. I think he's actually better with a man in front of him. Um, I, I think James Forrest on the, on the left in front of him actually works better does that not say everything though that, 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 that you, you know you're, you're sort of saying well he needs help Celtic don't want to be in a position where they have a full back out there who 
you know, needs help. You know, he needs to help the team, not the other way around. No, I, I just would, you say, I just would you say Andy Robertson's a better Liverpool player, Chris? We're a player in front of him. I think Andy Robertson's... I think a, a lot of people a, would. I'm just using that as an, as an example. They talk about yeah. the Scotland situation and shoot um, Andy Robertson in and they play him as wing-back or they play him one forward and it doesn't work. I so, still think I think Andy Robertson's a, a brilliant all-round footballer anyway. OK, enough looking back. Two games this week. Riga and Latvia on Thursday night uh, in the third qualifying round of the Europa League followed by a home game against... Hibs on Sunday where Celtic could go top of the league depending on what happens and the other game on Sunday involving Rangers um, how do you see the games going Chris obviously I'll look at Riga first you said it's dangerous all ties yeah, in Europe are yeah. dangerous I well I know Mick thinks they're going to go over and win 12-0 uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but look Celtic should go through I just I, they always worry me these one-leggers they really worry me because anything can happen. Bad refereeing decision, Celtic don't turn up, sloppy from a set piece, a misplaced back pass. Yeah, and we, we have done. It. And for that reason, it's extremely dangerous. Uh, should Celtic go through? Absolutely, they should go through. Are they good enough to go through? Um, yes, of course they are, but they need to need to go over and, and play strongly and cut out silly little errors. And, you know, if they do that, then I'm confident they'll go through with they play, uh, who was it, Sarajevo and what's the name of the other team? You're better Podgorica, at this than me. team from Podgorica. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I suppose, you know, if you're Neil Lennon, you're not looking any further than, uh, than Riga. And then the home game against Hibbs. Interesting matchup. You know, we spoke about Greg Taylor. Well, he'll, uh, he'll have a severe test against Martin Boyle, won't he? Michael, Riga and Hibbs. Riga's unthinkable. Has to be a comfortable victory. Anything else would be, I mean, complete and utter disaster. Um, I don't think it will be. I think it will be a comfortable night. I don't think Riga are going to be a, a particularly great challenge. Uh, if it, if it, unthinkable. It did happen to be one of the worst results, if not the worst result in the club's history in Europe. Um, so I don't. I just. I just don't see it. I think it's it's, uh, it's awkward because one leg and it's in all the situation, no fans and all this kind of stuff. And it is a weird kind of time. Which can throw us up some some changes out sometimes, but it should be fairly comfortable. Hibs is tricky. I think Hibs is a, is a harder game. They've been really impressive this season so far. I thought they were, they were really good uh, on Sunday there against Rangers. Um, they've got a, they've got a, this kind of Hibs soft centre they had for years. It seems to have been it seems to have gone. They've got a right good bit of dig about them now. Um, so I think they're a significant challenge at the weekend. I think this is a real a real test for Celtic. Because um, Hibs have got a bit of bite and they've got and they've got some attacking players that can hurt you as well. So I think that's a, a real a real test this week. Do you, do you think, Mick, you, you t we're we're too dismissive at times of foreign teams? Chris, if we can't beat a team from Latvia with a sixty million pound wage bill, then you should just chuck it. So, so the likes of, uh, for exa for example, Livingston. Uh, so Livingston beat you know beaten Celtic and Rangers over the years and caused them problems. So, so what do you say about that then? I think these. I, I, I still think Livingston would be would be would be Riga. Um, I, I, is, that, is, that, is that is that not the problem though? In the in, in the you, you know all like, just... yeah, but I mean they're still not. All I'm saying is Celtic should win the game, but Riga aren't that bad. 
And in a one-off tie, anything can happen. Ferenc Varos weren't that bad. Everybody assumed. Every, you know, Ferenc Varos have, uh, have gone on. Did they, beat, did they beat Zagreb as well? Am I right in saying that? They beat someone else in the next round, didn't they? They're clearly yeah. a step up from Riga, Chris. I don't think anybody would disagree. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. At times, you know, and I've been with last year, and then they drew with Spartak Moscow, and when they won in Moscow, I think. So they they they've got a bit of pedigree. Riga don't have any pedigree. That's like Aberdeen. Yeah, but hang on a minute. I'll just I'll I'll take you back to Ferenc Varos, and 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 everybody's saying brilliant tie. It's going to be a a walkover. It's going to be a stroll. That wasn't the case. All I'm saying is. I think we have to be really careful. European ties over the years that, you know, I, I think being dismissive is especially dangerous, especially in one leg ties. And I'm not making excuses for Celtic because I totally agree with what Mick says. If they go out to, to Riga, then they'll, they'll, they'll get panned. But I'm saying from a player's perspective, at times you go over uh, to these games and you can't win even when you win. I just think, you know, Alarm bells would be ringing because of what's at stake if I was a Celtic player and the need to be really uh, concentrated and perform strongly and win the game is, you know, it, it it has to happen. With that comes pressure. But I don't think we should be so dismissive about other countries all the time because, you know, Scotland's got its own issues. Yeah, we're, not, we're not Latvia. <laughs> Israel. Uh, let's look at some good sites and they get the regular qualify for Europe. And, mm. and do well in Europe. Um, I, I just think a tie, it's a tie has to has to be won. It's unthinkable mm. uh, otherwise. Um, and they will win. They will win the weekend. They will win Thursday night. Sutty and Michael Gannon's European football podcast will be available on Friday <laughs> um, for, for all your Lord Nations. Um, guys, it's been a pleasure listening to you today. Uh, do you think you'll be able to not bicker next week um, and give us a wee talk <laughs> through the Regan Hibs games? I just said, you know what, though, on a, on a serious note, I just don't like this. I don't like this acceptance that Odson Edward can just leave, click his fingers and leave when he wants. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. And there seems to be, you know, th- this seems to be snowballing that he's going to go because he can and Celtic and, and it will just happen and Celtic will let him walk away for whatever fee and just take the money. That really angers me to think that the club are on the brink of something which has never been done before. And sometimes there's there's things which are more important than a fast buck. And this is one of those situations. And it's no great shakes for Odds and Edward to see out a few months, give it a go for Celtic. And do you know what? If they end up not getting the 10, at least they've tried to do it and, and done it in the right manner. I think a lot of fans wouldn't forgive the board if they sold Hudson Edward and uh, and Rangers stopped the tent. And do you know what? I totally understand that. Chris, you are living proof that some things are more important than a fast buck by appearing on this podcast. <laughs> so thank you <laughs> for your time. That's true, yeah. yeah. Michael, thank you very much for looking at these fast bucks. Yeah. <laughs> for sparring with Sutty. Riga. Thanks. <laughs> A pleasure to talk to both of you. Good luck for the rest of the week and for everyone listening. Thanks again for your time and good luck yourself. Cheers.